I'm Carol Cohn, and welcome to Purpose 360, the podcast that unlocks the power of purpose to ignite business and social impact. I really, really appreciate both of your time because I know that you're very, very busy individuals. So welcome to the show, Edmund and Catherine. Thanks, Carol. Thanks, Carol. Great to be here. For our listeners, we had the delightful opportunity to partner with Carrie in uh, 2018. So it's been a while in the in, back um, to journey together to explore their purpose. And that's what we're going to discuss today. The journey, the process, why it's important, some of the challenges, and then, of course, many of the outcomes. Edmund, if we can go back in time a bit, because uh, this is about, I guess it's 2018, you decided as a absolutely brand new CEO that you wanted to discover or uncover or evolve Carrie's purpose. Why was that so important to you as you were starting out on this incredible role? You know, I, I grew up in the organization and, and because I had the opportunity to to uh, be in so, so many uh, parts, I felt that there was a there was a feeling around what our culture was, what our purpose was, and but I didn't think it was consistent. I didn't feel that there was a consistent perspective of, of what we're trying to achieve, where we're trying to go. But there was a, an incredibly strong emotional alignment around, you know, what we were what we were doing, and that what we were doing was actually a good thing. Um, but we hadn't defined it, so. I had, I guess, the, 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 the idea really that that was time well spent to, to actually go out there, understand, um, get the words to come up through the organization of how we describe the culture of Kerry, you know, the why, the why. It was all about the why we exist, why we get up in the morning. And that was really the whole, the whole idea and the kickoff of, of, the, of the process. And Catherine, I'm sure you were, you know, you were new too. Um, and so Edmund's turning to you and saying, I want to do this process. So what was your initial, I'm curious, your initial response? Um, and then um, how did the two of you work together? So my approach, Carol, from the very beginning was really trying to listen and ask questions. I was really talking to, with speaking with executives who, who didn't know me that well. So I was able to, let's say, ask the dumb questions and, and really keep going further to really get um, uh, an expression of, of how they viewed the organization and what various, you know, I suppose, references and touch points. And, and uh, we talked to the values and to their vision and how they, they viewed the, the, the evolution of the organization. And that was really important because I suppose that opened the door for me to walk through. So, Edmund, I'd love to ask you, um, you had some absolutes. You, when you saw, you, when you wanted this vision, this this purpose process. The big question, Carl, as you know, was the why. Mm -hmm. the, the why we do what we do. We, we, we found it really easy to talk about what we do, how we do, you know, let's say how we measure, how we measure ourselves, you know, where are we going, all that, you know. But the why... It was kind of like it, it was. It was difficult. It was more difficult to answer that question because nobody had a really crisp answer to the question, and felt felt that you know, kind of felt you know, well, 
Well, sure, we know we know why we do what we do. Well, if we know what we do, why we do what we do, let's put it down. Let's capture it and put it down the piece of paper. The the <laughs> you use the word uh, absolute. We can we could use other words, non-negotiables <laughs> or whatever. Right. But um, but what what was an abs- uh, an absolute was that the the regional CEOs had to lead this out in the region and had to sponsor it within the region. Um, and, and, and knowing that, um, you know, there was an expectation that, that this is something we were going to get comfortable talking about why we exist as an organization and why are we here and why are we doing what we're doing. And, and I, I think, um, I think that, that was, I, I, I think that was an important part of the journey to try and bring the leadership team together, um, and, and, and leadership team on the same page. He was acutely aware that this cannot feel like a top-down exercise. And that was a, a, a clear directive from him. It has to come from the regions and not just English-speaking regions or not just the US and Europe, but really every part of the world. He wanted to hear the voices. And the other imperative was to uh, look at, we have five different generations working in Perry. Uh, so to make sure that we had the the, the new beginners and the let's say the veterans are more more uh, uh, and then and and then the third was obviously you know, representation of different cultures and and uh, equal gender representation and functional representation. So we had the scientists, we had the the marketers, we had the you know very well distributed. We we really looked at that. You'll remember Carol to make sure we were effectively representing the organisation. I, I know Carol. One of the first meetings we had. We we talked about it had to it had this had to be about Kerry this had to be Kerry we couldn't we couldn't end up in a place where it felt generic and I think that was that that was a, a major you know it was a concern I had Carol I think it was fair to say um, and and you had worked with many with, with with many companies all over the world let's say work, working through this and and that was something I was sensitive towards. I, I think that what you're talking about is an intimacy. And and Catherine, I have to, this is a quote that Catherine once said, and she said that the purpose exploration was a journey to the center of Carrie's soul. And I just thought that was so profound. And I have to give you so much credit because you wanted us to go into the field. I mean, we conducted somewhere between eight and 10 workshops around the globe, you know, from Mexico, Costa Rica, Brazil, um, South Africa. Um, and we did a number of them in Ireland, um, in India and you also, on top of that, so it was face-to-face, usually two- to three-day workshops. Your colleagues were so excited to be asked about, why do they exist? What do they do? So that was incredible. And I think it's really important for our listeners because I know everybody today is trying to get the most out of their budgets and do things quickly. But you gave enough time for this to truly engage. And so, um, you know, I don't know if either of you want to say, like, why that was so important to the process. What you described, Carl, has paid dividends ever since, ever since, because I think, and I, and I think, you know, whether, whether you were a board member, the chairman of the board, or, um, you know, somebody driving a forklift, or, Let's say filling a bag at the end of a line, 
or you're a, you know, a VP of finance or whatever it was, everybody was equal in those, in those workshops. Um, and everybody had a, had a, had an input. They were brilliantly designed, brilliantly put together. The level of ownership it drove and the emotional attachment and the emotional engagement it drove with the company was, was phenomenal. I, I, I'm extremely proud of, of, of that process, Carl. I think it was, it was something that, um, was, was a game changer for us in this entire process. People did feel listened to, their voices were heard. And the one other thing we did, if you recall, Carol, is we had breakfast sessions with graduates and new joiners. So we listened to what they were saying and, the, and sort of their ambition, uh, because we felt it was important to listen, hear those voices that newly joined the organization. They were so passionate and so enthusiastic. And um, yeah, a lot of our people still remember uh, that whole, let's say, <laughs> journey to the purpose very fondly. I bet our listeners are going, okay, okay, okay. What is the purpose? Yeah, so where, where we landed was Inspire Food, Nourish Life. And it was, it was really interesting, you know, how, how all of a sudden senior leaders around the room were making it their own and, and actually talking about, oh, inspiring food means creativity, innovation, um, you know, let's say it means uh, culinary insights. It means looking at trends, t- you know, translating those trends into insights, taking those insights and translating them into, you know, co- food and beverage concepts, um, you know, that are relevant for the consumer. And I think then on, on, on Nourishing Life, that was, that was really about, you know, healthfulness and, and, and making products healthier and more sustainable. And, you know, could we do both? Could we make, you know, how could we have an impact, you know, for ultimately for consumers by working with customers to improve the nutritional profile of their product without compromising on taste and imp- minimizing the impact on the environment? So we were sitting around the table kind of saying, this is, this is, this is, is this happening? Because we were like, <laughs> we were, we were thrilled that I guess straight away. And, um, so it was, um, it, it was exciting. Um, and it was, um, a little bit nerve wracking at the same time. <laughs> you're, you're fine. Catherine, what's your, what, what was it like for you? So it was quite intense because, and we were a little nervous because if it didn't resonate, if it didn't speak to our leaders, then we knew that, it, you know, that they wouldn't, I suppose, carry it through to the org. Well, we knew we would have had a problem then if there was a disconnect between what our organization, I suppose, was telling us was our purpose and what our leaders believed was our purpose. But then we did our our event uh, in Killarney, and and that was a first as well. You know, some people would say, well, why would you go to Killarney? Why wouldn't you go to to Paris or London? It's so much easier to reach. Uh, And Edmund was really clear that he wanted uh, our full leadership team to come back to where it all began, we visited the first uh, factory. We visited the sites, the earliest sites. We actually brought people out on a farm. Some of our people had never been out on a dairy farm. And we really let people sort of live the, the, the culture, getting some of the, the people who've been with us quite a long time to share the story and, 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 to, and tell the story of, of how the company uh, evolved. And I think that was really powerful. And then on the second day, we had um, we launched The Purpose. When we did launch the purpose, it was through Edmund set it up and there was 
a number of uh, sort of lead-in, let's say, um, primers. And then we finally launched the purpose through a video, which ended with uh, why that's why Kerry matters and that's why it always will. And then we had the purpose, inspiring food nourishing life. And there was literally an explosive reaction. People jumped up. They were clapping. Some people were crying. They were crying. I remember that. Uh, you remember that? It, yes, it, I did. It, it just had and the clapping and the screaming or the, the, the cheering went on for quite a while. So I think we all looked at each other and said, okay, there's, there's something here. <laughs> we've obviously landed something that resonates here. And uh, genuinely, uh, it was a very powerful moment for the organization. Let's talk about now embedding it and rolling it out. Um, because the great thing about Kerry is that you totally understood this is not, not about being laminated. It is about being lived. Over the next year, we, we determined that we would not reveal our purpose externally until it was truly embedded and understood internally. Because I think B2B brands, your your people are the brand. So so there was no point you know, communicating anything externally until you really understood it. So we held uh, another series of workshops. We reached 22,000 people. And this was slightly different in that it was leader-led. We did we put together a standard, uh, let's say, workshop uh, program. We trained people online. We called it, you know, uh, training, training the trainers. So leaders in each country, uh, in each region, in each function, they would get their teams together and they would walk through this, this uh, purpose work. It culminated with everybody either creating a video or, or a poster with I Inspire Food and Nourish Life by, where they're saying, this is how my purpose, um, I suppose, relates to the, the, the Kerry purpose. Um, those uh, meetings happened over a, I think, almost a nine to twelve month period, and it was only then. Um, so that was almost a year after the, the the purpose was launched internally, and it was only then that we started communicating it externally. Really embedding that into the organisation before we did the big launch externally was a really really important message because it it. You know, it wasn't about a launch. It wasn't about PR or anything like that. This was about doing work that was really meaningful and really embedding it and getting, frankly, individual and personal values aligned to company values and giving people the opportunity because it was personal. It was personalized in that, you know, why is inspiring food nourishing life important to me? What do I do, you know, to 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 inspire food nourish life? As a leadership team, Carl, then we we looked at Kerry and we 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 let's say we we took the time to do a refresh in our strategy. We we looked at our portfolio, we looked at the markets we were serving, the categories we were serving, the geographies we were serving, and um Ask ourselves: Is this is this where we want to be? You know, is this is this really you know is this the type of company we want to be? You know, by asking ourselves, by going through that work, asking ourselves that question, it led us to scenarios where we we, we divested parts of our business, uh, we made acquisitions and really accelerated acquisitions in, in other parts of our business. 
again, aligned to to our overall purpose and, 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 and let's say striving towards it, striving towards achieving, um, let's say, uh, the, 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 I suppose, the goal that you'll never ultimately reach but continue to strive towards. Um, and I think that was, that was an, another important, I think, element of just making, making it real within the organization and making sure that we were living it um, and holding to ourselves to account that, you know, as we were investing, um, as we were making major decisions, that it was fully aligned to, to, to what our purpose was and, 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 and is. And um, everyone in, around the organization, from the board all the way through the organization, being going in the same direction. There's nothing more powerful than that. Uh, but taking the time to, to, to really land it was, was time well spent and um, absolutely the right thing to do in hindsight. I'm just curious, how did you know to do this in that way? Was that more intuition? What felt much more authentic to carry was to, to, to really embed, embed this first. Because I think, it would have, I think it would have backfired. Because I think we had to go through that process of actually getting ourselves comfortable you know, talking about why we existed and being and, and being proud about it. And, and and by the way, I'm not making any virtue of this, to be honest with you. This is this is good business. I what we have found the best way to align the people, because you're not just getting to people's heads, you're getting to people's hearts and souls as well. So so that was an important part of the overall process, giving it time to sink in, for people to make it their own. And to connect it back then to where the company was going from a from an overall direction perspective. Catherine, I'd love you to talk a little bit about um, social impact. Can you talk about how that's being expressed? When we talk about nourishing life, we're talking, of course, about uh, nourishing our people, intellectually nourishing our people, professionally developing our people, and also nourishing and nourishing the communities in which we have a presence. Um, we have for many years now partnered with different organizations, the World Food Program Concern, uh, as two uh, examples. And the way we work with those organizations, Carol, is not just about providing funding. Of course, funding is essential. However, how we partner with those organizations uh, is in a way where we lend our expertise and the sort of vital technology know-how and experience that our scientists, that our nutritionists that are people out on the ground, uh, applications experts, etc. have. So, so that's how we like to partner with the NGOs we work with. So our presence or our impact in the local communities, it's tangible and it's real. I'd love you to talk a little bit about some of your product that is now evolving from your purpose. There's a number of areas, Carl, that we've, I guess, embarked on. The whole plant-based food area is certainly one. Alternative proteins. There just isn't enough protein. Animal protein is, is very expensive. It's getting more expensive, as we, as we all know. And, and how can we develop, over the medium term and long term, uh, protein alternatives that taste good, that are economically affordable, uh, that have the right texture, the right, that have the right nutritional quality, and that are more sustainable than the animal alternatives. I think the other, the other area I touch on, Carl, is the whole area of food protection and preservation. Completely new area to, to, to carry. 
um, just in the last in the, in the last uh, three years or so. Again, it was the, the, the primary driver there was food waste. And we went on that journey building up through a series of acquisitions, um, a very significant portfolio that helps us and helps our customers to extend the shelf life of food. And we know if we can extend the shelf life of food, obviously in a safe way, and also maintaining the freshness, the food safety aspects, the quality, and the taste, of course, of the product, by extending those shelf life uh, days in that way, we know we can extend the opportunity for that food to be consumed, therefore, thereby reducing food waste. So, so when 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 I talk about and we, when we talk about um, let's say living or a purpose within the organization, it's fully embedded into our strategy. Or it's actually the way around. Our strategy is fully embedded into our purpose. I'm wondering, do you either of you have a story about um, either related to an employee? who's been really touched by the purpose. And I'd also love to hear, is there a customer story? Just in the, in the, last, in the last couple of weeks, um, Carl, I was, I, was with a, I was with a customer in, in, um, in Turkey, actually. They were sharing with me, they didn't put a number on it, but they were sharing with me the scale of actually baked bread that they were disposing. And, and he was concerned that because there was so much bread being wasted that, and with, on top of it, the level of inflation, that the combination of those two things was going to have an even bigger impact on, the, let's say, the, 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 the lower socioeconomic, um, let's say, cohort of, of consumers. He asked me in a very open way, or is, do you have any capability that you can uh, you can help us to to try and solve that issue. So I could see the, the 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 passion that he had to try and do the right thing for the consumers in 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 in, uh, in the country, um, and he wanted to do it in a in a in in, in the best way possible. The way I introduced Kerry was by starting with our purpose, going down through what we were trying to achieve as an organization, and he just offered. Anything that we, that we needed, if we needed to run trials in his manufacturing facility, if we needed to engage with any other people, he just completely opened up his, his entire organization to anything that we felt was was appropriate for him to, to engage on. We don't know are we going to be able to solve that problem, but we can, we can certainly engage around it on the basis that we're both aligned from an overall purpose perspective, actually. But your values were aligned. Exactly. Catherine, do you have a maybe a recruiting story or you want to build on that? In one case, I was sharing something on uh, at an event and somebody approached me afterwards and you know, said, can I follow up with you? And she sent me her CV and she said, when I heard you talk about your purpose, I thought this is the company I really want to work for. So our, our purpose is, is, is proving very attractive I suppose the more the fact that we're living our purpose uh, is 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 very attractive to uh, to people looking to to, to um, join uh, our company. But I would love to get from both of you, and I'd love to start with you, Edmund. Um, what are the two or three insights that you know you're going to have a lot of C-suite individuals listen to this, um, and then those people that want their organization to truly discover and and really implement an authentic purpose? What are your insights or recommendations to those individuals? 
it has to be authentic. It has to be of the people, for the people. It can't be anything generic. And that sounds very maybe simplistic, but it's really, really important. I think it's the most important thing. The next thing I would say is that leaders and leadership teams need to be visible. They, they, they don't need to be pushing or, you know, but it, it, it just, there just needs to be visible leadership engagement. And I, I think the third thing I would say is be prepared to live your purpose. <laughs> You're go- there's going to be implications. There's going to be consequences. And I think, you know, whether it's, you know, the board, the executive leadership team, right through the organization, that, that, that buy-in and that understanding and understanding the implications of this is our purpose, what does it mean? That, that's, that's super. Catherine, do you want to add? The journey or the, the, the process has to be inclusive. Uh, and I do think taking that time was really, was really valuable for us. And ensuring that, as, as Edmund, I'm really just confirming or, or agreeing with what Edmund's saying, you know, just ensuring that strategy, purpose, and culture are uh, colliding in the best way or are part of the same, you know, part, part of the same vision. That's, that's great. That's wonderful. I always like to give the last comment to my guests. I think, Karen, what I would say is um, anyone thinking about this should, should, should think about it as having fun. It was fun. It was inspiring. I think it just brought a huge level of optimism right across the organization. But I, I couldn't leave this session go, Karen, without, without using that word fun. And, uh, and, and it just instilled a huge level of pride right across the organization that was um, super energizing. And uh, th- this, this is not something to be afraid of. This is something to be embraced. I think being comfortable not knowing all the answers or where it's going to land from a mindset perspective is, 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 uh, is, is, is something that I would suggest. And I think, uh, I think not, not, not to be afraid to ask for some help as well. I think, um, uh, and uh, I think, uh, Karen, yourself and the team, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, leave this goal that, um, that, that was, that was really important as well. This, this was facilitated, it was owned by, by Carrie, but, but um, facilitated by ourselves. And, 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 and that also was, was a lot of fun as well. And, and uh, I have to say, t- thank you, Carl and Talia and, the entire team was it was it was a, it was a great journey. Well, well, thank you for for that that wonderful kind comment. You were an exceptional leader, and and Catherine, um, you were an exceptional partner and leader too in this process. And I want to thank you for being so candid in terms of your comments today. I think that they will have a huge impact on others. Um, you did it the right way. You continue to live. It's uh, you gave yourself enough space to lean into the future and to see what you're doing on your 50th and then the next 50 because of this wonderful sustainable nutrition. We'll all live so much longer. So um, tr- I trust that we'll be able to be having this conversation in another, you know, 10 years, 20 years, and such. So thank you for joining me. I'm sure we're going to create lots of questions for you. And it's just been a delight. So thank you so much. Thanks so much, Carl. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Carl. 
This podcast was brought to you by some amazing people, and I'd love to thank them. Ann Hundertmark and Kristen Kenny at Carol Cohn on Purpose, Pete Wright and Andy Nelson, our crack production team at True Story FM, and you, our listener. 